What's up, guys? David here with Coffee Upside Down. Welcome to pod call number two. Uh, remote phone chat that I have with people I dig that inspire me, motivate me, full of positivity. Um, so this session is with Michael Matthews, a home roaster and comrade over at Bearcat Cafe. Really awesome dude, knows his coffee, has a very interesting story about how he got into it, and he will share it with you in just a few seconds. Hope you enjoy. As always, you can reach out via any channel, and you can also send an anchor voice message to ask any questions that you may have for me, for Michael, or for anybody. Take care, have an awesome week ahead, and see you next time. David. What's up, man? How you doing? Hey. Doing well. Can you hear me okay? I'm on the headphones. I'm on the headphones too. I can hear cool. you loud and clear. Right on. Anchor does its little thing when you first and it doesn't use the headphones, so I have to unplug it and plug it back in real quick. So twenty nineteen oh, technology with its with its uh mild annoyances. <laughs> Big deal. Big deal. This Baby is amazing steps. that we can do this. Yeah. What's up, man? How's your day? We kind of pushed this thing back as the day got away from me. I'm, I'm with my dad, so um, we're, nice, we're doing a lot of socializing, catching up with people he hasn't seen in years and years and years. So oh, That's great, man. Uh, my day's been going good. I, uh, I was just running around the city. I stopped by the new Revelator location this morning on oh, nice. Orleans by the Bayou and uh, really had, had got to try some really delicious coffees. I really haven't been over. I haven't been to the location downtown at all, and I uh, saw they popped that new location in there at the American Can Company, and it's awesome. Really beautiful setup and everything, and uh, really delicious coffees. Really awesome, nice baristas. So I enjoyed cool. uh, tasting some new coffees and from a new roaster, and you know, the rest of the day. Uh, just been kind of, as you saw, I got that new Hario Siphon Brewer. Yeah, that thing's so, wild. Man, like something it, out of out of uh, high school uh, chem chem chemistry one it, class. It, it yeah. feels, you know, feels so scientific. Like a Bunsen whole, burner. Yeah, yeah, and everybody was responding to that, like, "Oh my God, what is that? How do you do yeah. that?" <clears throat> and yeah. uh, it's really, uh, I've always, you know, seen those. Um, online and in some youtube videos and when i was in south africa a few weeks ago um some of like the really nice cafes and roasteries had those um mm-hmm. so they uh they seem to be serving those right alongside all the pour overs and everything else um you know as an alternate way to brew a delicious cup of coffee um so i figured I'd go ahead and pull the trigger on one and surprisingly it was a really incredible cup of coffee. Um, the aroma on, you know, I had been brewing some of the coffees that I've been roasting at home and kind of familiar with the general flavor profile of each. And uh, I found that it was still extremely rich in flavor um, from like the immersion style brewing, but uh, it was, it was just had this very pungent aroma um, and uh, fruity flavors a little bit more a little brighter um than the typical methods i use for brewing some of these coffees like a pour over um or my espresso but uh really enjoyed it 
So, so this siphon, so just for the people listening, to go from average Joe to coffee nerd. So this is a siphon which basically merges a French press immersion style with uh, like maybe a pour over an aero press, but yeah. there's no there's no pushing. It's a gravity siphon. Yes, uh, yes. So it's like a Bunsen burner with a, a French little, press, a and little then burner. A yeah. Yes, and you kind of uh, you know you, you you light the little. Uh, in this case, I have a little burner that uses uh, denatured alcohol, which burns a lot cleaner. Um, and you light that and it boils the water in the bottom bulb and it pushes that up into another bulb, uh, that's on top and it actually pushes it through a, uh, there's a mesh filter. So, which is nice because they're reusable. Um, mm-hmm. and it pushes the water up through that to the top component. And that's when you add your, your ground coffee, you give it a few stirs and, after about a minute and a half, you take the flame, you turn the flame off and pull the burner away, and then it lets gravity kind of do its thing. And as the water cools back down, it pulls it back into that bottom component. It pulls it through the filter, so all the coffee grounds stay in the top, and then you're left with this delicious um, cup of coffee at the bottom. So less than five minutes? Less than five minutes, for sure. So, I mean, um, a French press is about four minutes, and a, a pour-over is like three minutes to, to four minutes. Yes. So, about the same time frame, yeah? About the same time frame. Sweet. And, uh, you know, I'm still going to be playing with a couple different um, grind settings today. Seems to do best with like a medium, a little bit coarser than medium uh, grind level. Mm-hmm. Um, so, definitely going to fine-tune that because I say... Um, you know, it should pull back down from the top in a, in about a minute. Um, and today I went a little bit longer than that. Um, so definitely going to play with it. But uh, overall, this is a delicious cup of coffee. And nice. um, I'd highly recommend it to do you like anybody. It, do, you, do you like it better than the Clever Dripper? <laughs> you know, I, or I think, I think it, out. Very, it. I think I do like the Siphon Brewer better than the Clever. Um Still messing with the clever, um, with the grind settings on that, um, but I find there to be a little bit more bitterness in the mm-hmm. clever dripper, um, even though it's going through a paper filter. Um, but I think overall, the siphon brewer is just visually pleasing as much as it is. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's fun to look at while you're brewing it for sure. Yes, it's 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 really awesome though, and. Um, I would like to almost maybe see some some people start doing that around the city. I think that it's kind of like a, a showpiece for for your customers. You know, I think. Yeah, uh, I don't remember who was telling me a while back, months ago. Somebody mentioned the siphon. It may have been my buddy Ed, who roasts uh, coffee for me, or my friend Ashley from Mojo, or maybe both of them. I don't know. I'll have to ask Ed later on when I talk to him. But yeah, people used to do it more often as uh, a brewing method and i think since there's been kind of a simplification of the third wave cafes where they're kind of getting away from some of the more extravagant things maybe one of those to go was the siphon yeah but anyway i want to ask you so i have two things right off the top of my head and i don't want to you know this is a pod call number two uh and they're meant to be kind of quick even though the first one was 20 minutes i don't know if you listened (laughs) to the first one i I don't i don't mean to rush anybody but I, w- I want people to be able to listen to this, you know, to 
driving from to and from work or when they get home or in the morning or whatever. Um, Absolutely. So uh, one thing I noticed, so you work together at Bearcat. Yes. And you've been there for uh, less than six months. Not, yes. not, not, a, not a long time. But um, so one of the things I'll point out uh, to the people out there, and I have a question that, that follows this, is um, you obviously have a, a big passion for coffee. And that's, that's question number two. I'm going to ask you about your story there because I think it's really cool. Um, okay. But also... Uh, you're one of the most even-tempered dudes I've seen in the industry, um, in the service industry. So I can probably count on one hand the amount of times I've seen you even slightly get agitated at yeah. a customer or or unexpected things coming in. And we are a high-volume restaurant. I mean, we weekends are. we have over 500 people, and we probably turn away 300 people that don't want to yeah. wait 45 minutes to an hour. So. A, I want to ask you about that even-temperedness because Lance and I on the last pod call were talking about this aspect of nature versus nurture, and I noticed something, and we're just going to cut right to the chase of male vulnerability, but I noticed something when when your family came in, your dad, you you said bye to him after he ate, and it was a big volume day, and you gave him a hug, and you said, I love you, dad, and I didn't, I didn't tell you that I saw that. (laughs) <laughs> but I noticed a connection there. You obviously have a great relationship with your dad. And so I think uh, your family probably supports you quite a bit as far as, you know, a great upbringing. And I'm totally spitballing here. But that was just a clue that that yeah. led me to this dude is really down to earth, um, very humble and um obviously like really committed to to learning your craft you know you came in wanting to learn and just eager to get your latte art down and yeah you know you had been roasting your own beans for a while but so i want to ask you quickly where that came from kind of what what goes through your head have you always been that way and then segue into number two part b uh bullet point uh, to whatever you want to call it, which is what's your story behind getting into home roasting? Because you gave me a little tidbit and I want people to hear about it. Cool. Uh, well, I think being kind of patient, um, in a high volume work environment, um, you know, I, I think I, I, you know, my family has always been super hospitable, whether, you know, it's hosting little parties or get togethers at their house. And they've always taught me, you know, you need to make, people you invite over comfortable you need to make them happy you need to um you know you need to cater to whatever they need you know just to serve the people to serve them and and take care of them make sure they leave uh happier or in a better place of, hmm. than when they came yeah and you know i th- i think me being patient i've always been a very laid back uh patient you know i don't not one quick to act, uh, very cal- I'm a very calculated person. And mm-hmm. I think it's very easy in, especially in Bearcat to, to get um, fed up or just get tired and kind of lose focus. But I think, you know, as, uh, as a barista, I feel like I'm there to, to educate the customers on coffee mm-hmm. and, you know, that is my main goal when they come in, you know, I, I want, I want to teach them something that, 
they didn't know about coffee when they came in, whether it's, mm-hmm. hey, this is what a single origin coffee is compared to our normal blend. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we call, we call filter coffee like drip coffee. Yes, this is what your average cup of coffee is. And, um, you know, I just, I enjoy that so much. And I've also, you know, I've had, I've been a musician most of my life. And, um, you know, I haven't worked too many service industry jobs where, you know, I, I find people who have done that uh, for a very long time. They may be kind of jaded or, you know, mm-hmm. they're just like, oh, I know, I know how to deal with these people or, you know, oh, I'm just, oh, they didn't tip me. Oh, whatever. And I think no matter what, your focus should always be keeping the customer happy. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's something that I love about coffee so much is the whole social aspect of it. Um, you know, people wake up in the morning, first thing, they, it's, it's like a ritual, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, especially being the barista, uh, you're the first person that the customer sees when they enter a restaurant. And mm-hmm. from the initial moment someone enters the first interaction they have in the first 15 or 20 seconds may set the tone for the rest of their stay there, whether they're eating. So, you know, if somebody were to come in right away and I were to get short with them or something that Mm -hmm. might ruin the whole experience. They may, that might like leave a bad taste in their mouth from the get go where they, they leave there and they say, Oh, it wasn't quite what I expected just from that little first interaction maybe this person snapped at me or you know and I just I I just I told myself that as soon as I got into this that you know I I want to teach the customers I want to inform them on the coffee and I want to leave them with a smile on their face if not I did something wrong and I need to change that and um you know, that's parent- quite that's 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 not quite a burden a lot of people would see that as a burden like you're the first line of defense you know um uh, providing some context here you and daniel and and max are the front line defense especially yes. on the weekends and max yes. does such an amazing job of handling uh 800 people <laughs> he really does by by himself with grace with articulate deliberate uh only only in a way that max can can handle people yeah um and you know i tell him as he he's seating people who've been waiting for 45 minutes for an hour and he says every once in a while he's like good luck with these guys they've been pretty impatient and they were you know this way or that way and i said bro like i have the easy part you unfortunately take the brunt of it because they come in hungry wanting to sit down and so that's a little that's a little different track but like when they come up to you when you know they're able to come get coffee while they wait that's so important especially on the weekends when there is a wait time that you're able to have patience explain coffee uh explain the products because a lot of them are just used to going to brunch places and you know getting a mimosa or bloody mary or a cup of coffee and not really thinking much about it. And boom, there you are, ready to tell them what a London Fog is, yeah. why we do everything with a double shot, what the difference is between a cappuccino and a latte. So I think, for me, when I was behind the bar and doing that, I found that super um, fun and engaging yeah. because I'm the same way. Like, I, I was in 
Baton Rouge at Magpie, which was a very high volume, just coffee shop. And I remember actually to, to really bounce back and I want to give you back the torch in just a second. But when we were working with Revelator for a very brief time at Magpie, one of the trainers came in from uh, Tennessee and he kind of illuminated us because we were trying to figure out a way to turn the customers quicker, especially on a Saturday morning when there was a line out the door 30 feet deep, excuse me, 30 people deep. And he was like, take your time. A line is always fine. A line is fine. You take your time to be with the customer because they'd much rather that and wait on the front end and realize why they've waited because it's such a great experience and such a great cup of coffee that you can, you can always just take that time. So that's super, super important. And yes, people in the industry tend to be highly creative, but also highly volatile (laughs) and passive aggressive and just something will set them off. Like, Oh, they want a large latte. Don't (laughs) Don't they know? what that is like no they don't yeah. it's your responsibility to realize people everybody's different and some people have knowledge some people don't and just help them have the best product and best experience that they can so so you were a musician and yes. that like that segued uh into your love of craft coffee tell tell us yes. tell us what that was all about you were traveling all over the states doing so, music and then boom yeah. Yeah, so I'm a drummer, and I've toured with uh, different bands since I was 20, uh, full-time, pretty much, up until about two years ago. And, you know, I was mostly in the United States and briefly in uh, a few different countries in Europe. Um, So one thing I noticed that was kind of the same across the board was, hey, you know, every morning I get up, I got in from the show at about three o'clock. It's 6 a.m. Now we got to get on the road and drive six hours somewhere. Coffee was a huge part of every day on the road. And uh, I started noticing like, hey, this hotels have really bad coffee. Like (laughs) this is, you know, this is not as good as a cup I had yesterday. So I started you know, we would have time, we'd get to the venue, we'd load in all of our gear, we'd sound check, and then I'd have three or four hours before the show. So I started venturing around, checking out different places, and I started checking out some of these specialty coffee shops, which were very new to me. And I started going in, and I'm mainly an espresso person. And I would go into these different shops, and I would see these single origin offerings, or these uh these blends explained with all these flavor profile or all these you know different flavor notes and i was like whoa you know yeah. this guy has blueberry <laughs> almond and honey listed for the flavors of this coffee like i can't taste any of those yeah you know and it just you know my palate was just so uh just in its earliest phases of development and yeah so i would go to these different spots and i'm like all right like this is good, this is good, this is good, different cities. And then, you know, some days you wouldn't have time to go uh, check out these coffee shops, so I'd go back to the hotel coffee. So that was my first, like, all right, there's really good coffee and there's really bad coffee. Sure. And then, um, you know, slowly, you know, I started tasting more and more coffees. And, um, 
you know, I'll never forget, uh, you know, when I was a kid and still to this day, my dad grows tons of tomatoes and that smell and the taste of tomatoes just sitting out in the garden as a kid tasting the tomatoes. It's just very nostalgic for me. And I remember, I think it was about two years ago, Hey Cafe had a Burundi Butagana coffee and I saw it, it had a summer tomato note on it. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I got to get this coffee. Like, you know, at this point, my palate was like just craving to to taste these notes. I wanted to taste the coffee and be like, oh, that's this note on the flavor wheel that I've been seeing, but I've never experienced. So I brewed that coffee. Uh, actually, it's espresso, but, you know, talk. I was talking to Max over there one day, telling him about this story, and he's like, oh, you, you sh- that really wasn't supposed to be, you know, brewed as espresso, like, you know, which yeah. means, you know, I was like, man, like, I, I would brew it, and I would drink it, and it was just this crazy, strong, it almost tasted like tomato soup, but to yeah. me, like, that was exciting to me, I was like, I can taste uh, something that's on the bag, like a flavor note that's on there, and like, this is so cool, and because of that, you know, I after that, I was on like a mission to to taste every coffee, and I wanted to be able to train my palate to taste these different flavor notes. So, um, can I ask after, you why? I don't know. It was like, uh, <laughs> why, I was just like, like why why having those distinct? Because obviously, you now understood the difference between bad coffee and good coffee. That did yes. not take long. That was pretty instant when you went to these specialty. I, coffee shops now now what's the distinction what's the jump between good coffee and tasting all the distinctions because this is a very important conversation that i have with everybody in coffee shops so i think like the real motivator for that so my dad he's super into wine and he you know we would go out to dinner for like christmas and thanksgiving and he would bring these nicer bottles of wine and he would be trying to explain the body to me or different flavors. And it was always like seeing him like get so excited about it. But then yeah. I would taste it and I'm like, oh, it just tastes like wine. Like, I don't, I, yeah, <laughs> this it is like, a red. This yeah, is this, a white. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, you know. Do you, do, just, you, do, you watch, do you watch The Office? I do the watch show, The Office. The Office. Do you remember the dinner party episode? Yes. This. Yes. Where? So where? I only. Yeah. I, uh, it's crazy, but my girlfriend and I only started watching The Office about a year ago. Yeah. Like we yeah. had never really given the time, and then I think we watched all the seasons within like a month and a half. Oh and yeah, and now you're now like, you're plush with pop culture references for yes, ten years. Yes. Michael it's, Scott. And, <laughs> it's an amazing yes. show. So, um, so so yeah, so Michael Scott's a very adept. Um, uh analysis of a red wine um somebody you guys if you haven't seen it go see it we won't spoil the uh the punchline but really really hilarious so okay so i love that so the transfer from wine to coffee and the excitement that you saw in your dad you wanted to transfer that excitement to your i think experience i with think coffee. yes that made me very excited like seeing and then you know i pull out the sca flavor wheel and i'm like where do i even start like, how yeah. do I train, you know, because I was after that, I was trying to get every kind of co- every origin of coffee, every roast level of each of those origins of coffee. And I really just was like on a mission just to taste everything and see what was out there. And uh, I actually went to coffee science for the first time. And Tom Oliver was working there and yeah. I'd never met him before. And I went in there and I was looking at all the coffees. He's like, oh, what are you into? I was like, 
I'm just trying to develop my palate. Like I yeah. want to taste everything. And his, you know, he told me never drink the same coffee twice. You know, if that's some advice I can give you, if you're really yeah. trying to get into tasting, drink everything out there. So still to this day, I mean, I think in my coffee cabinet right now, I think I have about 20 different coffees, you know, in different quantities, just, yeah. um, just, just to be waiting. like, people come over and they're like, Oh, I want a cup of coffee. Uh, what do you have? And then I open that cabinet and they're like, Oh my God, why did I even ask? Like, like it's intimidating to them, but, you know, uh, to roast it for them. Yes. Uh, well, uh, stuff that's already been roasted. Sure. And then, um, I do. So at that point was kind of where I was like into the flavor of coffee. And then, um, you know, on back to the drumming side of things, one of my favorite drummers from New Zealand, Stan Bicknell, who's a phenomenal drummer, post, you know, Instagram videos all the time, but he owns a coffee roastery in New Zealand called Rumble Roasters. And mm. all of his videos were in his, his drums are set up in their roastery. And, you know, and all the videos you see him giving a tour of his drum set, and then you see this big roaster in the background. And he would always, you know, start his day off like on the on his drumming practice pads with a, a cup of coffee. His his first post of the morning is always him pulling a shot of espresso on his La Marzocco machine and then starting his day. So he was kind of like educating the drum world about co specialty coffee in a way, kind of. So I was like, all right, cool. He's a drummer and a coffee roaster. That's really cool. Like, so I started Googling uh, and researching coffee roasting, and it was this wormhole of information that I, I dove into. And I didn't even have a roaster at the time. And I almost became like obsessed with researching this process and flavor manipulation and I was just trying to get my hands on any article any book any magazine that I could at the time to study the roasting process uh I was just yeah that's with it and um just the the different nuances in each coffee that you could change just with different roasting styles and just based on the origin what kind of flavors you had there to begin with uh, so a, about a year ago, I decided to dive in and purchase my own coffee roaster. I was like, all right, this is what I want to do. Like, this is awesome. I love everything about this. Like, I want to be able to alter these different flavors and coffees and give them to my friends, my family, uh, soon to be customers. Uh, I want to yeah. uh, relay this experience to them of hey, this is more than just a cup of coffee. This is an experience. This is, yeah. uh, you know, an unforgettable cup of coffee. And, um, you know, so I got the roaster, and they sent me two big bags of uh, past crop beans uh, that they send with every roaster um, to season your roaster. And this, I got an ARC 800 roaster, 800-gram roaster from Crop the Cup Importers in New York City. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so, you know, I could roast about 800 grams in it and I just dove right in. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, it's, it's very intimidating right off the bat to, uh, you know, I had artisan hooked up on my computer. I had the roaster, but being able to like hit the start button on artisan while I'm 
dropping the green beans into the roaster and then turning off the fuel and doing all these settings, it was like I messed up so many times. And uh, it was just like a challenge to myself, like, figure this out. You can do this. You can do this. You can do this. And so I was just kind of, you know, after I roasted through those past crop beans, um, I decided to buy my first two. I bought two 10-pound packs, one Brazilian and one Guatemalan Weiwei Tenango. And Guatemalan was awesome. It was a little bit more forgiving in the roaster. Mm-hmm. I, I burned and scorched almost every batch of yeah. Brazilian beans just because nice. they were so delicate and they were low elevation that it was, uh, you know, it's definitely a little bit like, damn. Like Learning maybe, curve. Maybe you're not – you know, you shouldn't do this. Maybe you're not that great at it, but um, I just, you know, I'm not well, the type of person that give up on something. And I, it was just like, I was obsessed well, you were, with... Well, you were flying solo, yeah? I was flying solo. Uh, as, and As far, I mean, you were you were reading all the references and yes. voraciously uh, taking yes. all this knowledge in, but you're doing it on your own. And this it, is a practice, yeah. And um, so at that point, I decided to, I was looking into some SEA roasting classes um but I, I didn't think that i was quite ready just yet um so right after that i was like all right well now now that i kind of know you know i'm tasting these cups of coffee they taste terrible they taste burnt they taste astringent um i was like how can i make it better so uh, you know two different books that i went out and got right away were modulating the flavor profile of coffee by rob Hoos. That's the one you showed me, yeah. Yes, yeah, and it's uh, it's a short book, but Rob is, uh, you know, he is the lead roaster and coffee director at Nosa Familia in Portland, Oregon. But he works for Loring Coffee Roasters, and he's one of their reps. And he's just kind of like everybody knows Rob, and um, he kind of put out a book, this book, when there wasn't that much information out there, and he saw that void. And he's like, I yeah. need to, to do something about this. Like I was reading about him. He was kind of in the same boat as me of, hey, uh, you know, I kind of got into this. I just bought a roaster and I just started changing different things and recording results and just cupping, 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 cupping. And then, um, you know, I found that book tremendously helpful. And then another one was The Coffee Roaster's Companion by Scott Rayo, who is another kind of specialty coffee guru in the roasting world and the brewing world. Um, But those two books definitely laid a really good foundation for me in terms of how I should approach roasting and, um, you know, different, uh, the way different results meant, you know, I had to change certain things or need to go back and look at this a little bit in more, uh, in more depth. Sure. Um, and then, you know, I was, I, I could brew coffee. I was familiar with kind of dialing in espresso. And then, um, James, the owner of Bearcat, I grew up with him, um, from elementary school and he was over at my house one day, uh, back in this, uh, this past October. And he was like, man, like, I see you're roasting all this coffee. Like, would you want to go do like a little barista course with us in, uh, in LA uh, in three weeks, like you would just need to get a ticket there. But, you know, I think being able to, you know, learn how to brew things better, uh, would help you 
on the roaster side of things. Right. Right. And uh, right away I was like, I don't even know, but I'm in. Like, yeah, right. Let's, I don't let's know do, how it. do it, but sure. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I can't steam milk. I can't froth <laughs> milk. I can't do latte art. I, I can only do espresso and a pour over. Yeah. And he's like, so that was that was in a that was going to Equator. That was yeah. going out to Equator. Um, yeah. And so you know, next thing I know, James is like, all right, come to Bearcat the next three days. Michael, the other barista, is gonna teach you how to you know pour a dot. Is what yeah. his words are. It's like as long as you can pour a dot on the yeah. cup, uh, you'll be good to go. That's one so singular I, I, contrast. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, you know, uh, thank God for Michael. He's one of the. You know, he was super patient, and uh, especially now that I'm working there, knowing like how crazy of a day it was, he was staying like till five thirty, like after work, after a long day, just to teach me how to steam milk, and it's like you've been doing this all day and then now you want to like explain he's really, how to do this. He's really good at, at training. He trained me. He's very patient. He's yeah, very he's... Uh, technical in his language, but also approachable. So I'm, I'm glad that you had that experience. So, Hey, so humor me. So, so this is 2019. Tell yes. me, tell me the timeline of you traveling with your band, tasting bad coffee, deciding you wanted to venture into specialty coffee, and then you said a year ago you started roasting. So what's that yes. timeline look like? Five years, seven uh, years? So I started touring in 2010, full-time. So nine years ago. Okay, nine so years. when did yes. you start, when did you exploring specialty shops? I'd say in the last five years. Oh wow! For so sure. you had five years of bad coffee on the road before deciding to, <laughs> yes, to try yes. different things. What happened yeah, there? I, Did, was it somebody that told you to try different coffee shops, or you no, found out I, by chance? I think it was just kind of me being, you know, in a new city, and you know, I would just want kind of wanted to take it in for what it was, and you know, sometimes I would go in and be like, if you had to bring me something, what would it be? You yeah. know, so I started getting kind of noticing the pour over world a little bit more um which was cool but i still liked espresso just because it was that like quick quick uppercut you know like (laughs) caffeine in you immediately right and um so so that was five years ago that was five years ago and then you and then it took you four more years to purchase a roaster and really get in the thick of it so yeah so that's that's where i want to i want to get to if humor me with three points, why you love roasting and tasting coffee. And, and I think, I think I know, (laughs) I think I know your reasons or some of your reasons from our conversation, you know, with your, with your dad and your experience with the, with touring and all that and, and just wanting to take care of people and all that. But if you could distill it down, uh, espresso, pour over and uh, siphon, um, yes. to three different reasons why you love roasting and, and drinking coffee. Uh, first off would be the, the challenge, um, yeah. especially with every different batch of coffee you get. You really have to go in and almost do your homework on that bean and, and treat and throw it in the roaster. And you, don't, you can kind of say, all right, I kind of know how these Guatemalan coffees act and a charge temperature they like, but you're never – it's never going to be the exact same as mm-hmm. the past Guatemalan uh, offering that you may have had. Um, so always right a bat, challenge, always, always a challenge. Uh, the second one is 
Um, it definitely comes down to I want to, you know, I want to give someone this gift that, you know, something that I created and I thought tasted the best. You know, there's so you can roast, um, you know, there's all these people that talk in the industry about like, I need to like, oh, I don't, you know, does this taste good or does this roast profile look okay? And it all comes down to do you, th- do you think it tastes good? Yeah. And, you know, is your customer going to think it tastes good? You know, yeah. but, um, you know, just the giving aspect of it, um, you know, you well, put the hospitality, time, that the you, hospitality side that, of it. Yeah. And then, you... um, number C, C. No, number C. Yeah. Part um, three. C. Um, so, so the challenge, I think the hospitality the and then you the referred to the, the sensory aspect of it, the, the sensory aspect of, you know, Just something that it. continues, uh, you know, uh, continues to blow me away is how you can take one coffee and you can brew it four or five different ways and get different, ta- different expressions of that, um, that coffee. Um, different balance of the flavors and you know most I mostly do espresso uh, v60 pour over uh, aeropress the clever and now the siphon brewer and I can I I try to do them with the same coffees sometimes really and sometimes I'll I'll brew it two ways side to side by side yeah and just taste it and be like okay what is this going to taste like it's espresso oh I'm tasting this this blueberry note is very prominent in the espresso, but then, you know, when you do it as a pour over, maybe the blueberry is a little bit more subtle and you really have this like almond or, you know, honeysuckle or citric, you know, flavor that kind of comes out a little bit more. And you're, you're just kind of like, you know, it's this balance of flavors that you're constantly playing with. Yeah. Exploration. Um, you know, that it's, it's something that, I'll never stop learning about the process. And, you know, I don't think there's ever an, uh, an end to the research side of things. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm kind of like a, a, a research junkie. <laughs> you know, I, I really For, like yeah. uh, doing the homework on certain things and going back to, you know, the lab and doing some roasting. And then something's not working. So you got to go back to the drawing board or, Oh, I really like where this is now, but it could be better. Sure. And finding out how to make that better. Um, so, so one, you know, one B and part three, um, three, three reasons. So let's, let's wrap this up, man. I, um, cool. I, well, I think I cut out when I said this, I, it was uh, a joke, but I, I don't know if you heard, you don't have plans to open a shop, but I think it'd be really interesting if you owned your own shop and you could, because it sounds like you have a balance of pleasing the average Joe with a great yes. cup of coffee and educating the hell out of coffee nerds uh, to yes. have that sensory exploration and try six different brewing methods because the, the coffee industry is so huge that it, people get lost. You know, the average person gets lost in the specialty coffee and gets intimidated by it. And this is a conversation I have over and over and over again. I'm going to beat it to death, but you have to be able to cater to all those people. You have to. And, you know, one thing I noticed at at Bearcat when people come in, the average coffee drinker who's just used to 
hey, just give me a coffee with, I just need to put some sugar and sure. milk in. Yeah. That's a lot it. of people will come up and like one person, you know, one person with the party will be like, all right, I'll have a cappuccino and I'll have a lavender latte. And then you see that one uh, person get up there and they get very intimidated. And they're like, uh, uh, yeah. this is way too many options. I'll just have a drip coffee. And you, you have to kind of like, that it's that moment right there where you really have to be patient and be like, look, like, what do you like? Like, let me help you with this. Sure. Like, you know, do you normally, do you like a little bit of milk, a lot of milk and having that conversation and then seeing them like, be like, Oh, this is exactly what I wanted. You know, that's what makes it all worth it to me is that's awesome. Seeing those people have that small experience. Um, and you help create that. Yeah. Yes. And then on to the, back to the, the coffee shop thing. Um, I absolutely see myself opening um, nice. a spot right with on. a roastery in it. Um, looking like hopefully two to three years nice that's 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 kind of i've given myself that deadline so well we're gonna we're gonna follow up with that but for the time being absolutely my my doggies are calling uh to to get to get a walk um and dinner's calling as well so man uh i do appreciate like i know we're so high volume at bearcat and i'm not able to talk to you as much as i'd like to so i'm super pumped to finally sit down and remotely talk to you over the phone and absolutely uh, because you know you are you know you're you are into the craft of coffee um but you're also i'm gonna toot your own horn you're also humble and patient and and mild-mannered in the restaurant so nobody would know that you have this depth of knowledge and experience and this voracious appetite to learn about coffee so i'm hopeful that people listening to this will take you out know all the coffee nerds as well as the average joe can learn something from michael matthews and uh we look forward to your shop man i can't wait to taste more of your coffee and um and chat with you more in the future absolutely david well i really appreciate you having me on here man yeah man i'll send it to your buds and uh i'm sure i'll see you early next week sounds great man enjoy the rest of your break take care likewise peace